Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast brought to you by our friends at Hype Motorsports, our proud sponsor. And uh, speaking of that, the first episode of the Get Hyped podcast, the last lap edition is now available on uh, Hype Motorsports YouTube page. There is a video component to that show, which I don't think we'll be doing on this show for a while. That's as a bit all the editing stuff is a bit more than I can handle time wise right now. So I'm very glad that their guys over there have that under control. Um, you can also, of course, listen to that podcast, a very opinionated podcast on uh, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. So just look for the Get Hype Podcast Last Lap Edition. Type that into your search bar wherever you listen to your shows, and that'll pop up. Or you can go on YouTube if you want to watch me talk to you. And if not, you can listen. But uh, anyways, hope you guys are ready to listen to another great show here. A lot of things to talk about. I am solo in studio today, um, trying to get this done in the middle of the day and trying to coordinate schedules and, and do things while also... Um, being parent to an infant makes things tough. So I am solo today. However, we will have a great interview at the end of the show with our friend Austin from the Citrus Speedway. Austin was with us uh, up in the tower at New Smyrna this weekend since they had an off week. And uh, he's a big race fan. Uh, I figured it'd be great to have him uh, come down, watch some racing and, uh, you know, share the microphone. Uh, it's always good to have that back and forth and I'm telling you, as the title of this show suggests, definitely was a glitch in the Matrix on Saturday. So we'll get into all that. We'll talk some New Smyrna. We'll talk the most recent developments at New Smyrna that aren't really that good. Um, and, of course, we'll hear from Austin, our special guest, at the end of the show. Hopefully this episode won't be too long, but uh, hope you enjoy nonetheless. So let's go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty. Let's... Uh, Let's skip ahead a little bit and talk about the latest news at the New Smyrna Speedway. Unfortunately, the regular season is over. It's done for the super lates and the pro lates because of tires. Um, very unfortunate. It sucks. But that's been the big story of 2021. 2020, we couldn't race because no one knew what this virus was going to do. And now, 2021, we can't race because everybody has been able to just sit at home and collect a paycheck, and supply lines have been disrupted. Um, labor has been disrupted, and now we're feeling the effects of people, you know, and it's not just people staying at home. I shouldn't put it that way, but it's just the the ramifications of COVID that go beyond just being sick. Um, it has disrupted our world in many, many ways. I'm sure you've gone to the grocery store lately and not been able to find things that usually we're always able to find. Um, and it's hitting us in the short track racing world. Um, go listen to the Get Hype podcast that I did for Hype Motorsports, and you'll hear all about my thoughts on tires. And I think it's something that I'll talk about many times on there as this whole situation evolves. And, you know, uh, we, we run Hoosier Tires. We have a contract with Hoosier Tires. And I've seen a lot of people that just don't seem to understand the actual ramifications of all this. It's not just like, oh, we're going to run races and tell you to run what you're brung. That brings up a, a safety concern. Remember the tire wars in NASCAR? Yeah, that didn't go well. Um, last thing we want, we already don't get a lot of people to race a weekly show anyways because people are worried about tearing up their stuff, especially right now. There's so many big races coming up. I, I completely understand it. Um, but again, we have a, a contract with Hoosier, so we can't just race whatever we want. Goodyear doesn't make short track tires anymore, guys. Um, you can't throw DOT tires on. Uh, some people said 
if you change up the tires, it changes up the setup completely on those cars, and it's just not feasible. Um, so what, what, and it sucks. It really, really sucks. The, and, and a lot of people give, give Rusty Marcus, the, the GM, a, a lot of grief. He always tells me when, when we have phone conversations about having to cancel a race, it's never a fun conversation, guys. It's never just like, Hey, it's me, Rusty, go ahead and cancel the race this weekend. It's here's what I'm up against. Here's what I have to do. I know you're going to be pissed at me, but we're going to have to cancel this race. And more or less, that's how the conversation went. He's like, I need you to write up a press, uh, a press release. He's like, don't bury. It's, it's nobody's fault. It's a, it just is what it is. Um, when EJ went to put in an order, because we, we had the, the big 50-50 coming up, the Clyde Hart slash heart-to-heart race, and EJ went to put in some tire orders, and they said, we won't have any for you guys until, uh, in, until the end of October. And it's not even October yet. So... As you can see, that put us in a huge bind. We had a super late model race coming up this week. Uh, we had the heart to hearts. We had um, a, a couple more pro late races and another super race to end the year. Now we can't do that because we cannot get the tires delivered to us until October. Now, does that mean Hoosier and other uh, in other regions can get things distributed? Probably. Does that mean that some tracks don't have a, a supply to be able to still run? I hope they do. I really hope that their situation isn't as dire as ours. Now, and this is not a knock on EJ either, because remember, he kind of took over a horrible situation um, when our tire guy, uh, w when we had to make a switch there because of some things going on. And, and I'm not going to get too far into that. Um, I, it's a really, really crappy situation. What happened there, a lot of um, a lot of things that shouldn't have happened. Um but EJ took over a situation that wasn't very good to begin with. And now he's, it's, it's not that he got tires and they're all gone. It's that we can't, we don't have enough for everybody. And, um, it's disappointing and we can't just go on with the show and put people in danger and risk people tearing up their cars because we'd like to have those cars for governor's cup. As of this recording, Governor's Cup is still a go for pro and super late models, and I hope we have a good turnout. I'm worried about Governor's Cup. I not, not because of tires. I think we're going to be okay there, but I'm worried about who's going to show up because I feel like canceling this month, whether it be for whatever reason it, it could have been, it, it makes people go other places, right? And, and, and that's fine. I don't blame anybody for going somewhere else right now. I really don't. If you need to go dirt racing, go dirt racing. If you feel like you've had enough of, of New Smyrna, whatever track you're racing at, please go, just race and do what makes you happy. Just keep it off social media because you being unhappy and trying to discourage others will never make the problem better. It's just going to compound it, make it worse. Um, I've got to take a new stand on social media uh, where if people are just shit talking, I, I, I'll just ignore you because if I say anything back, it, it upsets people. And, and apparently, you know, I'm just the announcer. As many people who disagree with me tell me I'm just the announcer and my opinion doesn't matter. But yet it makes people upset if I, I, I get upset with what they have to say on social media. You have your voice and I have mine. And I'm going to say what I, I feel like I need to say. Because you've taken the time to say what you need to say. And if that bothers you, well, how do you think it makes everybody else that maybe works at the track or supports the track? How do you think it makes them feel? 
the shoes always it's always goes on the other foot. But from now on, so I don't offend anybody. God forbid. You all can offend and say what you want, but I'm not going to fight with anybody anymore. I am going to let it go. I will just find different ways to ignore you if you catch my drift. Um, so, yeah, the, the tire situation is tough. Social media, I'm telling you, it, it is not a fun place to be. And, and for anyone listening to this that has had negative comments, and, and, and some are justified, believe me, some are justified, and you are, I am okay with people venting their frustration. I am totally okay with that. It's the BS, it's the shit talking, uh, it's the stuff that, you, you know, you're frustrated, so you say the place sucks with no, const- constructive criticism is good. It's the non-constructive stuff that, that upsets me, so... Um, I'm just going to do things a little bit differently and I'll, I'll, I'll find a different way to, to, you know, say what I have to say kind of without saying it. So, um, back to the late model situation. Uh, congratulations are in order for Brad May. He's won both the super late and pro late model championships. He, he won, I think during the regular season, all but two races. I know Anthony Sergi got a super late model win and then, um, uh, uh, the 81 car, um, uh, goodness, uh, Jet Nolan. I wanted to say Gio Bramante. I knew that wasn't right. Jet Nolan won the Shark Bite Pro Late Model race. Other than that, it was Brad May. And I know some of the drivers are, are disappointed, and I'm disappointed for them that their season has come to an abrupt end. Um, but, you know, I, I guess Brad May won't be padding his pocket anymore and winning everything. So um, d- definitely a tough situation. I was disappointed. It It was a weird week already and then i had to to deal with that and it just this week has sucked guys i'm not gonna lie i'm not i'm not sitting here uh, all happy um i'm glad that we're not the whole season to get canceled i I can i can be positive there but after saturday night being such a weird night and i'm gonna give you my thoughts this isn't gonna be a recap show uh i'm not gonna go in depth on every single race um if you want that uh, this week, you can go watch the hot lap on the new Smyrna page. I do, did my best to cover things there. Uh, I just kind of want to give you um, kind of an inside look at, at Saturday night. And uh, again, we'll talk to Austin in a phone interview later in the show. And, and he's I want him to give his honest thoughts, too. I don't want him to hold back. Um, it was a weird night. <sighs> so, yeah, with that said, um, everything else is still a go. So super stocks, bombers, sportsmen, trucks. Whatever's on the schedule, it's it's still a go. I think um, they're doing a, a family fun night for a $10 admission. I'm hoping I get word on the armadillo race here pretty soon because I'm pretty much going to tell them, if you don't pick a date soon, nobody's going to come anyway. Uh, that's just my general opinion on that. We need to get it figured out now or just not do it because um, uh, what's going to happen is they're going to pick a date in a week away and people are already going to have plans. That's kind of what happened on Saturday night. We screwed I say we, I mean, it wasn't done on purpose, but now Bobby Holly is out of the points lead. Is it fair? Uh, no, but was it a necessary evil to get these races in? Yeah. So let's talk about Saturday. Of course, the show from originally scheduled for last week got pushed to this weekend, and it did cause some people to not be able to race. Bobby Holly. Plan to be on vacation because it was supposed to be Armadillo weekend. He don't give a rat's ass about the Armadillo. He was going to Vegas. Not able to be there. Was the championship leader. Jeff Johnson, a prolate that 
was going to come to the original date, was on his way, actually got to the track and tested, um, didn't get the race. He wasn't able to make it back because he already had plans. And it stinks because the whole year, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. This has been said publicly many, many times. When we add races, typically they're non-points races because of this exact situation. I mean, your point leader in the super stocks is not the point leader anymore, and it was completely out of his control. I guess he thought about flying back and racing and then going back to Vegas, but I, I, I just feel like that time with his family and that vacation that he has earned was probably um, – it was probably better to just stay on vacation than winning another Superstock championship. I mean, we all know Bobby Holly's an amazing driver, and um, he, he probably would have had it on lock. I mean, given something freak didn't happen, which is always a possibility. There could always been something else that could have taken him out of a championship. But, um, you know, the the whole thing lately has been, well, you know, all the bomber races that we've added, for instance, non-points, because if people can't make it, like Eddie Evans, he couldn't make the, uh, the 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 bomber bowl deal because he already had plans, and he's like, "That better be a non-points race," and it was. But now here we are, same situation. We had a huge show that we didn't want, just want to cancel, so we moved it a week later, and it's it it'll never, no decision that is made will ever be perfect for everyone. However, um, on the other side of things. The track we're getting to the we're getting to the last month of the season. We don't have dates now to to move things around. Really, we've already moved so much to try to make up some of these these dates that have been canceled. To where we're out of dates, we're out of time for the regular season. It ends in October. No more points after October. That's the way it's always been, uh, at least in this current iteration of racing, where they don't race every single weekend. Um, so it was a bad situation for everybody. A lot of the people that did race were very glad they got to race this week. And the people that couldn't race feel like they got screwed. And here's the thing. The people that got screwed the most are the ones not talking on Facebook. And, and those are the people that have a right to be pissed off. It's other people that had a bad night talking shit on Facebook. It, it, that's the way it goes. Um, it's, man. And, and I haven't even talked about Saturday. And you can just kind of tell... It, it, where I'm where I'm at right now because this this week has just been a cluster um some of it uh just has to do with with the recent news some of it's just because Saturday left such a weird taste in my mouth that I've just felt kind of blah about it um so to give you some insight on Saturday I, I don't want to I don't mean to ramble so much uh, I definitely want to get into the meat of the podcast here and then leave some time um to talk with Austin because uh, I want you guys to hear that interview he's a he, he's a he's come such a long way in in the announcing world uh since i've known him and we've become good friends in a lot of announcers they don't get along because everybody thinks that everybody's better than everybody else if there's anything that florida short track racing has going for it right now as a whole it's the announcers that we have in this state i mean um jason beckner 417 i think he's great uh, jake wilson who's now hot, helping at auburndale uh stand-up guy uh, fantastic on a microphone. Um, that's why when, when Auburndale called me asking, um, if I would be able to help them out, I, I, I told them I'm always willing to help you guys out, um, when I can, but you know, I do work full-time at new Smyrna and that is where I'm committed to be for many, many reasons. Um, I, I caught the first thing I did was pick up the phone and call Jake to see if he could help. Cause I wanted to get them somebody good. And he's filled in most of the dates over there, thankfully. Um, 
and then you got Austin and Tony at uh, at Citrus, and they do a great job together. Two completely different styles that work very, very well together. Um, of course, Bob at Volusia, he's been doing it forever. Um, a lot of the other dirt tracks I don't really know, but, I mean, uh, there, there's not an announcing problem in Florida. So I want you to hear Austin's story at the end of this thing. So I'm going to quickly get into um, – excuse me <coughs> – quickly get into um saturday night just a, a weird night so i i thankful i've been able to get there more on time here with, with with the baby getting used to going to the races and and everybody feeling up to getting out there to at an earlier time and i was excited for this week because i'm like man we're gonna have a good field of sportsmen we're gonna have a good field of bombers um prolates have been solid all year i was excited to get out there and the pits were pretty full, and it was good to see. So I was excited and, and, and ran up to the tower, turned everything on, and I knew Austin was coming. And um, I've, I've been testing the second microphone because we've always had problems with the second microphone for whatever reason. I don't know if that soundboard uh, got water damage in it at one point, but it seems like some of the other channels, other than the main one, have issues from time to time. And uh, I've been testing it because Austin was originally going to come for the the Clyde Hart Memorial that got postponed way back in July. Um, and I'd been testing it to make sure everything worked because you want it, you want things to, you want it to sound like you know what the hell you're doing, you know, especially on a big night. And I during practice, Rusty was up there, and I had him use the second mic to call practice and get people up there ready to go. And it worked the whole day. And I'm thinking, okay, we finally got this figured out. So I go up there, Biggest Life, on Saturday, test everything. I'm testing both both microphones. I'm setting the levels to make sure it sounds – I mean, you always have to adjust when you have two different people on a microphone. Um, and I'm checking everything. It's working, and I check it right before qualifying, and everything seems to be working. I have Austin check it. We seem to be good. We get halfway through Pro Lake qualifying, and, and then we discover that it's the second mic is completely gone. It is gone. It's not working. It looked like it was picking up on the levels, but it was not fully. The signal was not sending to the PA. It was showing up on the soundboard and not showing up on the PA. And I cannot hear what is going on outside in the booth. We have a monitor in the ceiling that works. But when the cars are going, when I'm trying to listen to qualifying times, when I'm trying to get in the flow of the night, I wasn't noticing that it wasn't coming through until uh, Stephen walked outside and said, yeah, I can't hear Austin at all. So I spent half the qualifying session trying to figure out, well, what the hell, you know, this I'm pissed off now because I went up there for the exact purpose to get everything working. So this didn't happen. And of course it happened. So that throws me off. Um, luckily we can always do the pass the baton. I do a car. He does a car. I do a car. He does a car for qualifying. So we got through that. I switched a bunch of things around, switched channels, unplugged, re uh, reset everything, and finally got the microphone working for race time. However, in between the, uh, qualifying and race time, there was a snafu with how people were interpreting qualifying for the doubles. There was a post that I, yes, I put it up on Facebook, and it says you will qualify as normal doing time trials for race number one. And then race number two will be based off the finish with an invert. It was implied, and I did. I I've I've learned my lesson to be 100% thorough and, and not just assuming that everybody's on the same page because I left room for interpretation, and I will admit that um, a couple people interpreted qualifying will be straight up, but we never do that for a 25 lap, 50 lap race. The only time we qualify straight up is Governor's Cup, 
and that's it 200 laps if you qualify poorly you, you don't need an invert to make a 200 lap race entertaining see last year's governor's cup shitty car count great race um but a couple of people fought it tooth and nail they got their way and, and i i told rusty i'm like i wrote it as if we're qualifying like we always do look at the prolates look at the superlates the modifieds look at any other 50 lapper this year you qualify with an invert so that was how it was implied i just should have put in parentheses the first race will have an invert as well but since that wasn't put in there there was some gray area i told rusty make a decision do it how you want we're here to race i really could give a crap how they start you know do it, do what you think is best and is going to make the people complaining or those not complaining do what you think is best and he he does determined that uh, he and ralph determined that since it could have been interpreted such and such a way and it was posted on online to to do it heads up and and so i was dealing a little bit with that trying to explain you know to, to rusty and to, to the other team uh, how it was put online and how it was meant to be and and so that was kind of a mess. I'm, I'm very thankful for Ross in that night because he kind of took over the first couple of bomber heats. Um, so if you listen back to the video and say, where the hell was Ryan on that race? That's I was dealing with that. And, and it wasn't a big deal, but I was already frustrated with the sound and the, equi uh, the, the equipment not working. That I was just like, so what next? So already two kind of glitches in the day. Very frustrating. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we're, we're getting through the heat. Now we're getting to the good stuff. I'm super excited for these twin sportsman features. Uh, the cars that are here are, are really good cars, going to be interesting races. And they really were. Both sportsman races had a lot going on. However, we get to the first feature. And uh, I'm sure everybody knows I spent a lot of time on the hot lap uh, talking about JT Tippins. And I, I do want to send my best wishes and my condolences to the family, of course, as, as they're still uh jt's um recovery still ongoing um it it sounds like it's getting better but uh, man I, I just uh say what you want to say and, and do what you have to do but i'm praying for them i don't ever wish an injury on any of our drivers if you come to this racetrack no matter if you're a friend of mine or somebody i don't regularly talk to or, or somebody i don't even know the last thing i want to see is anybody hurt and, and no, it, it, just to be clear, JT was not, it was not an, uh, it wasn't a crash that caused him to have an injury. So it wasn't like he, he crashed and oh my goodness, you know, something happened. It was a medical emergency that, unfor that uh, fortunately, if there's any fortunate to this happened under pace laps, um, you know, something happened and I, and I didn't see it. I was watching the front of the field for the restart. I had no idea that his car was stopped. I saw the green, the yellow come back out and then... Then I noticed J JT's car, and I just thought he stalled. He's done that before, like even in practice, and he's always parks on the back. So I figured he just the car wasn't right; it stalled, and and he was trying to coast in so that they could race and didn't make it. And then had no idea the severity of the situation. And then that reality set in, and that just it it took me it took me out of it because JT is a wonderful human being, um, just one of the nicest guys. He's not, you know. He's not the the guy that everybody in the in the stands knows. You know, I had people messaging me, "Who's JT Tippins?" He's an under the radar part time guy, but you know, in my time at the track, I've gotten to know him, and, and I, I remember walking around the pits, and he's waving. He said, "Hey, I I can't wait to see that baby. She's beautiful. I love all the pictures." And he got a chance to to meet you know my my baby and all, all that stuff. And um, my experiences with JT Tippins have always been one hundred percent pleasant. 
and and for the situation to go from oh we got to get you know JT's car off the track and we'll, we'll continue that that stinks that he's having issues on on before lap one of the feature um to oh my goodness uh, there's there's an issue and then the the entire night all I could think about was I, I hope everything is okay because we've had enough tragedy this year and, and enough bad things just in general happen not just not necessarily on the racetrack but just in, in life and then to, to just kind of hit the reset button and you, you have to continue on that's that's what any racer will tell you something happens to me continue on and um kudos to the first responders there they were not that was a tough situation for them nobody knew the severity until we sent a push truck over there and then they they realized and then other people started gathering and then and, and I don't know the exact process of what went on. I, I had no idea there was even a medical issue until it came over the radio that they needed medical. So the most important time in a situation like that is, is the, those first few moments are, are crucial. And, and we had to stop. The race had just gone green. Then we had to stop them. We had to slow it down. We had to get the push truck out. Then we had to get safety over there. And one of the worst things about a bigger racetrack is there's more space in between where the safety team happens to be and where the incident happens to be. Nine times out of ten, it's always on the opposite end of the racetrack. And you say, well, move them to that side of the racetrack. Well, then it's going to happen on the other side of the racetrack. There is no perfect situation. And I am very thankful that the people that were on duty that night were able to revive JT. Because from what I've been told and what I've seen, it was not a good situation. And I just, I couldn't imagine rolling up on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that those people know what to do and, and the, thankful for the, the rescue team that did show up at the track to take JT to Halifax. Um, I'm thankful for his family providing us updates. Um, yeah, I just, man, I, I, I hope he recovers uh, fully or as well as he possibly can because um, there is nothing worse. Um, so yeah, that, that, you know, the, the sound glitches, the, uh, bit of an issue with, with the language of the, how the format of the night was going, um, which I felt responsible for. And I'm like, I felt like I screwed something up, even though I, I knew what I meant when I typed it. I knew what I was talking about. I knew how it was supposed to go. It just got flipped around. Uh, so that was just, I just felt stupid, you know, and then, then it was an exciting night. It was supposed to be, and then we we got we had that. It, it the show must go on, so so must I. So you have to just. But in the back of my head, the whole, the whole night, I'm just I'm thinking, man, I I hope to God everything. I hope I wake up tomorrow and everything is better, and to to wake up and get an update that he was, you know, um, I, I don't even know how to say it, but you know, alive was comforting. In, in some aspect and, and now we just hope that he we know that he's in the best care that he can be in right now and we just pray that uh, the recovery goes well and that we hope even if we don't see him in a race car we see him back at the track someday and we wish the best for his family and i, I say we because i i'm pretty sure everybody at that racetrack will echo those sentiments um so with all that really before we'd even gotten into the meat of the night it was just it was off the, the night was off. It was off the rails. And that's kind of been a trend. We, the, the perfect nights are the nights where there's like no cars and we're done in two hours and it's just kind of like, all right, well, that happened. 
this was supposed to be exciting. This was supposed to get the last month of the season going on a high note, and we were going to finish 21, uh, 2021 off on a good note, and now I just feel like we're doomed to just, it is what it is. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do my best, but it, I just feel like every time we've had potential for an awesome night, something crazy has happened. Look at Speed Week's. Great, great car counts. A lot of excitement. There hadn't been excitement in the air for speed weeks like that in years. And then the tragedy happened. And I'm not going to get into those details. You you know what it is. And that just and that was on like night two, I believe. And that just yeah, we we salvaged the week. We had great racing, but that hung in the air the entire speed weeks. And it's still not gone. And then we look at the the father's day races at the track. We had good car counts that night and we get through the heats and then here comes weather. All those people, that place was packed. Half the people there didn't even get to see the features that night because they didn't stick around or thought it was going to be canceled because it rained. And then we've had other good nights where the lights have gone out. And then a couple months ago, we also had the, uh, I think it was the, the father's day uh, races as well. We had, um, poor Emily Hatton get involved in an incident on lap one of a ground pounder heat and, and hurt herself, you know, every time we've had positive things going on or momentum, something bad, something crazy, something silly has happened. And it Saturday night was just a complete glitch. And, uh, I just, I, I hope that the rest of the season goes as smooth as we can, even though we've lost the late models until governor's cup. I hope Governor's Cup is good. I know I sound a little down on it. Um, maybe, just maybe, the lack of weekly races will have a positive effect because people's cars are still in good working condition. Uh, we did get our first official entry for the Governor's Cup. I'll go ahead and break that news now. Um, Eric Jones, that's right. Uh, the driver of the Petty 43, Eric Jones, will be here with his super late model for Governor's Cup. So that is the first official entry. Um, I'm going to talk to EJ and Rusty about entries and tires and guaranteeing tires for those that pre-register uh, as an incentive uh, or at least get first choice on tires. Um, we've got to figure something out to get these people to pre-enter. I heard more people say that they were going to race when we announced that we were not going to race than when I beg people to let me know that they're racing so that I can do something for you guys. It's getting frustrating and I get it. Not everybody has the time to hop online and register, but everybody has the time to post memes in and things and then want to call me out for not that, that the the driver of the week thing is rigged that pissed me off somebody called me out or called the track out and said i bet this is rigged like everything else that pissed me off because a new driver of the week and i will sometimes have more comments than i even expected and i sit there with a tally sheet and I tally each one of those votes. And there was one week where it was like a one or two point spread. And I went back and counted every single goddamn vote again to make sure it was accurate. So if anybody wants to say the driver of the week is rigged, you can piss off. You can just piss off. Okay. I'm so tired of that shit. If there's anybody um, who tries to play a, a straight hand, it, it's me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with this team. I'm friends with that team. And, you know, hey, I, I like the Zebley family just as much as I like JCM Motorsports, and they got a, a history there. I like Bobby Holly just as much as I like all the Spears guys. 
it's it's just it's very frustrating that people would think that um other people saying oh it's just a popularity contest well the whole point of the driver of the week thing is to add just a little bit of extra spark to opening ceremonies instead of here's the prayer here's the national anthem and now we'll sit here and twiddle our thumbs for five minutes while the cars line up it's to fill a little bit of time to give some drivers some recognition to make them feel like they're part of it you know and to give the fans like hey See that uh, 14 car you've been looking at all year? Hey, there's the driver. Here's a little something, something about him. Maybe you'll cheer for him this week. And I post what's racing. I post what's going on. The driver of the week stuff gets more attention and more shares and more likes and more comments than any other thing I do all week long. And it is a strategic way to get our drivers a notice and to get our social media out to more people. Yes, those that have followers are typically going to get more votes, but if you're not getting more votes, get more people to follow your race and stuff. You know, anytime you do a vote of any sort, it's going to be a popularity contest. That's just the way it is. Um, If you want more votes, share it. The whole point of me doing this, and it's worked way better than I could have thought, was to get more eyeballs on what this racetrack is doing to try to get more people in those stands so that your sponsors get seen more and maybe they'll support even more to make up for some of these, these everything's more expensive now. That's just, everything is. My life is way more expensive than it was a year ago and so is yours and so is racing. I'm trying to help. And people just think that, you know, everything is rigged and everything is this and that, whatever. Think what you want. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty good at what I do. I'm not perfect. Never will be. Sorry if I offend you. Um, but... I'm not afraid to call you out either. So with that said, weird night, go back and listen to the hot lap. If you want a full recap of the night, go watch speedway video. He's got all the races up. Uh, congratulations to our winners. Some awesome upsets, man. Danny Fry won the sports and race completely unexpected. Not just, I've never thought that Danny doesn't have the, the talent, but he, he is, he's never shown that race winning speed in the last couple of years. That was fantastic to see. Uh, Don Duval picking up an exciting win in the super stocks. Um, uh, Tyler Schofield battling back from last in race number two, battling back from a spin in the middle of race number two to win the race. Fantastic. Um, Eddie Evans, Jim Snyder, Stephen Wright, another phenomenal performance in the bombers. Um, so much good in the night, but so many glitches just in the racing matrix that, we're working against us. I don't want you guys to think that this episode was to, to be negative. There was there were positives to take out of everything, but the I, I I've already done the recap. You know, I've already talked about all that stuff. Um, you know, like I said, congratulations to everybody. Mod Minis, Jerry Simons got his first Mod Mini win in how many years? Great to see Timmy Volpe's new car do well. Great to see David Russell back on track. I mean, there was there was great stories out of the night. Uh, I've recapped them all on the hot lap. You can watch them all back on Speedway Video. Um, I wish I had more time. I wish I had time to do all seven interviews with those guys this week, but I'm I'm literally up against a wall trying to get this one done and trying to get the stuff done for hype. So I apologize that there's only one interview this week. Um, thank you to everybody that did come out. It was a decent crowd. It could have been better. Uh, thank you to all the racers. Um, no matter uh, where we have been, um, on agreeing with things or whether you think I like you or you like me or don't like me. I appreciate everybody 
that has raced with us, that does race with us, that was here this weekend, that is going to continue to support us even through these weird times. Um, what you guys do on the racetrack, uh, I appreciate it. I don't appreciate the stuff on social media sometimes, but that's neither here nor there. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the time, the effort, the money spent um, to, to come out and do this. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season holds. I hope... I hope it's great, regardless of the fact that there's no more late models. I, I think we can get past that and 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 have a good season. I think we can make the most out of what we have instead of having nothing because some is always better than nothing. And um, with that said, I appreciate you guys. Late model guys, hang in there. We'll try to get back to normal next year. And um, enjoy this upcoming interview with Austin. Thank you, guys. All right, so on the phone with us now from the Citrus County Speedway, we have Austin Griffiths. Austin, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for coming out to the races this weekend. I'm glad uh, glad we were able to get you on a mic somewhere, considering you guys were off. Yeah, I always have a great time at New Smyrna, so thanks for inviting me out. I uh, had a great time. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because it was. Uh, I spent most of the first part of this podcast talking about what a crazy night it was uh, versus kind of the the traditional recap it was kind of like well here's uh what went down behind the scenes but i wanted to get your honest take and, and you don't have to sugarcoat it uh, i, I want to get your honest take on the on the night the the experience the races uh, what do you think of what went on saturday okay well it seems like like i follow new Smyrna weekly even though i'm not there and it seems like you know nine times out of ten you'll have a pretty smooth night but it seems like every time I show up, something out of the ordinary always seems to happen. We started the racing with the, the features with the sportsmen, and uh, that was that was pretty wild. So, yeah, and being up up in the tower, I, I was kind of explaining that that whole situation earlier. We we really didn't know the severity of the situation until we started hearing the the stuff come across the radio, and then we can't just we can't just get on the microphone like, Oh my God, somebody's hurt. Everybody. We, we, we had to like sugarcoat it. It's, it's like the worst possible situation for us up there in the tower. Right. And those situations happen. That's something you can't really prepare yourself for. So it's hard to really address it to the audience in a perfect way, I guess you could say, but yeah, I feel like we did a great job with that. And, uh, I haven't really been up today. I know they've been posting his condition, and I hope, I hope JT's getting better. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds like, you know, he definitely had an episode that was just, it, it could have happened at any given time. It just, probably with the adrenaline of being in the race car and, and, and being out in the sun all day and just being all worked up, ready to go, it just was an unfortunate thing. And I, I, like you said, I, I think everybody at, at the track did a great job to to get him the help he needed and then, um, for us to be able to just kind of pick up, it's, it's not easy. I'm, I'm sure you were feeling the same way I was just kind of that in the back of your head, that unknown, like, goodness, I hope everything's okay. But just having to pick up from there and go on, it can be tough. Yeah, it is. And not knowing is, you know, a really hard thing to do because you want to think the best, but for me anyways, there's always that one part that you assume the worst not that you want to it's just kind of there so to be able to put that to the back of your mind and, and keep going can be a challenge it can and, and like you said you were here in february when everything went down and just i i, I like to invite you out to these these bigger nights because it, it usually is is a great time and, and it seems like every time we have a big event something crazy happens and coincidentally you seem to be there yeah uh <laughs> 
so the scores in the tower were kind of poking fun at me and i'm like i swear it's not me i just just it just happens yeah it's oh believe me there's been crazy stuff when you weren't there i mean we had the damn lights go off on us this year and you were nowhere to be seen that night so i know it's not you it's just (laughs) you're like a victim of circumstance and i feel like you're gonna get to the point where i asked you if you want to come out and you're like no no thank you i've had my share of crazy this year (laughs) yeah it's uh i definitely have a good time though despite the craziness that seems to unfold every time i'm there yeah, the the good news is we were able to pick up and, and the night was you know there were some other delays that are to be expected in racing the normal type of you know red flags and, and stuff like that but i feel like all in all it was a good night of racing i kind of I, I feel like the podcast got off to a depressing start and then i'd be like oh but there were so many great moments to be had um you know we, we actually got i feel like for a change you got to see some different winners in victory lane this weekend yeah, for sure. The The first sportsman race was definitely a, a big upset. That was pretty cool to see. And the super stocks, which, you know, I don't really want to be biased or anything, but I honestly thought that was the best race of the night. Uh, Don Duvall and one of the Spears brothers, I can't remember which one, they put on a heck of a duel throughout the whole race. They did. And the, the, even the bomber race was good. And those guys were kind of the undercard on the night. They didn't get much buildup because they were, you know, they were just the normal race distances. But those guys... Bombers and super stocks, people give me crap because I talk about them all the time, but they put on usually the best show, and I think they back that up this weekend. Absolutely. And in, and watching, you know, Don Duvall, he was kind of following Spears like the second half of the race. Watching him really cut the center and get that run off, he was kind of setting him up. And, you know, to see him be able to, um, you know, accomplish that, that was that was pretty cool to see. It was, and it just – it it kind of helped keep the momentum of the night going. And uh, thankfully most of the cars were able to survive that ran the double features. Cause we kind of built that up. Like hopefully everybody survives race one and can race in, in race two. And pretty much everybody did, which meant there wasn't really that, that race that was, you know, you were dreading to get through except the mod minis, of course, on race two wrecked half the field on lap one. Yeah. And we had just said something uh, with the mics keyed off about, you know, talking about how the first race was kind of tame. We'll see how this one goes. And I'll be, they don't even make it to the flag stand and they wrecked half the field. Yeah, that that was wild. It's, it's been a while since I've seen a car almost go over the pit wall like that. Yeah, I didn't know. You know, I saw him get up on two wheels. I didn't know if he was going over the wall or over on his lid. But uh, thankfully, neither happened and everyone was able to walk away from that. I mean, that's that's the good part. And, you know, b- these drivers, man, they, they don't take safety lightly. And I'm sure you see the same thing over at your track when you have a big incident. It's always great to see those guys hop out. And, yeah, they're mad that they destroyed their car. But some, I, I love it when they get out and they get the crowd going because they're just like, well, hopefully you enjoyed that. Yeah, and, you know, your track with the, the amount of speed you carry there, not saying they don't go fast at Citrus, but the, you know, amount of speed, it's – it's completely different. But I uh, think about last year we had the sprint cars at the end of the year, and I'm oh sure everyone's gosh. seen the video of Shane Butler bouncing it off the billboards. That was that was scary. Yeah. I mean, it just it, it shows that bigger track, smaller track, dirt track, drag strip, it, it don't matter. If you're in a vehicle and your purpose is to go fast, that things can happen and it can be big. And, you know, we, we always have to be prepared for that. And, and I think uh, – given what happened at the the beginning of the show it kind of makes you remember you got to be prepared for anything at the racetrack yeah you know these drivers you know obviously we're there to do what we love whether we're racing or not but you know these drivers have a 
there's a huge risk factor in it. Even with all the safety developments that have come along the way, there's still that risk factor. They know when they climb into their car, they might not be able to get back out under their own power. And I, I, I just hope that that never happens again to, to either one of us because it just it really puts the night just kind of like, OK, the racing is, is secondary to, you know, life. You know, yeah, we all love to come out and do this and have a good time. But it, it just it's a reminder of what, you know, what we really have to look forward to and, and, and that life is so much bigger than than racing. But um, nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are still able to enjoy the night because I feel like. Man, I'm putting him through the ringer, and we've barely gotten going with all the, the issues we have with the microphone and, and, and this and that, and just with qualifying taking longer, everything was rushed, and I'm like, man, he's just going to want to he, – he's probably ready to go home at this point. Well, well I figured, like, I got to – you know, I drove two hours out here, and it's, it gets to a point where late is just late, so you might as well just st- stick it out and enjoy the whole night. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate that. It was, a, it was a pleasure having you up there, and – you you really stepped up when uh, when I had to to break away and talk to Rusty to get some things figured out. It was definitely I'm glad to have somebody else up there that knew what they were doing so that there wasn't awkward silence and whatnot. Um, so you definitely uh, you definitely helped me out big time and glad you got to enjoy some racing and and you know you helped me get through a wild night for sure. That would have been real long by myself. So I appreciate it and uh, like I said uh, at, at the track that night, you're always welcome anytime. Yeah, I mean just. Let me know if you want to come out, and, and you'll be there. And I want to thank you for all the times you've gotten us in over at Citrus, too. Yeah, I appreciate you know everything you've done and you know, um, and allowing me over there. And, yeah, like you, know, like you said, you're allowed you know, at Citrus anytime you want. You just let me know, and I'll get you in. Well, that's how it should be, man. We should all work together. And, and I, I know we're, you know, on Saturdays we're pretty much competitors, but at the same time we're both doing the same thing and, you know, that's that's the way it should be. We shall be looking out for each other. And um, I wanted to ask you. I, I I know a lot of your fans probably already know this and, and whatnot. But how did you get started in this crazy racing world? Okay, so racing in general. So I grew up in Bronson, which is a really small town outside of Gainesville. Um, we have a racetrack there. It's like a one third mile asphalt. And I grew up every weekend going to the track there. It seemed just about every weekend. It seemed like. Uh, my dad used to race now mod minis. There were mini stocks then. Uh, then he started flagging there when I was little. So every weekend we were we were there, and you know you kind of get that itch that track all the time. You want to be a race car driver, and you know your dad did it, so that was what I always wanted to do. But just really wasn't in the cards for me. But uh, I was 16, and the racetrack put a Facebook ad out that they had gotten a new announcer. Uh, and they were looking for someone to help out in the booth. And I was like, hey, you know, this is a cool opportunity. Not knowing five years down the road to today I would be anywhere close to where I am now. I just thought, hey, you know, I can go into the racetrack for free and get to watch the race cars. That sounds cool. And it was like, you know, first day there, they put me on the microphone. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, you're going to help out with the announcing. I was like, all right. So um, I guess it worked out, you know, the – she was the, or the announcer. She was there maybe three or four months, and then she went to University of Florida. So I guess she got a you know, bigger gig, and then that I was the guy, and I was there till May of last year when I guess the track uh, closed. We haven't run since, but that that was the you know the foundation of where I'm at now, and I've really been able to build off of that starting at Bronson. And now you've kind of found your home at at Citrus. It, 
not to derail this, but is, is Bronson pretty much in limbo right now? Is that the status? Yeah. So we ran, I say we, yeah, it's tracks like near and dear to my heart. Um, we ran two races last year. We ran one in February. We had the, some of the tour mod guys yeah, that's come right. out and then we ran once again. in I think the last week of May, first week of June, somewhere around there. And I, I you know, that was COVID was kind of, kind of big right then. Yeah. Uh, it, it like just was not really just starting, but being widespread. And I don't know, you know, cause I know at Citrus, we took a whole month off. Yeah. We missed because of COVID. We missed a bunch and of races like, down here too. Yeah. You know, the whole thing was shut down. So, so basically, but, uh, COVID got in yeah. the way, and then nothing's really happened with it since. Right. So I don't know if that uh, – obviously, it was a factor, but I, I don't know if that was really the main reason why or if there are other, you know, uh, factors involved in that. But, yeah, unfortunately, it just has been sitting since then. That's a shame. There's been a lot of that with, with race racing and racetracks lately, but – um, so how did you get the opportunity of Citrus? Did you just kind of pick up the phone and say, hey, do you need help? Or did they reach out to you? So, yeah, they reached out to me. It was, see, it was at the end of 2018. So I just finished my second full year at Bronson. It was like off season. It was like December or January. And um, I was up in the panhandle just taking a day trip. And I get a phone call from Cameron Ray. And um, he was like, asked me if I wanted to be a fill-in for Tony, our, our main announcer there for the 2019 season, because uh, once a month, Tony announced go-karts at Ocala Grand Prix, which is also not there anymore, which is unfortunate. But uh, so I, I started doing that. I did that for a season. I was probably there maybe six or eight races. And starting in 2020, I was there for the first race. And then they were like, why don't you just come every weekend? We can, you know, both do it. And we've been doing that ever since. That's awesome. That that just shows you never know what opportunity might pop up. And even if it's it's something that's different, you might as well take it and see what can, can come of it. Because I'm sure you're glad to have that opportunity now, given the uh, the status of Bronson. That would have probably left you kind of kind of left you hanging and it's a good thing you had uh that opportunity to fall back on with, with citrus because i mean they do a lot of great stuff over there and uh seeing some great racing over there that sounds like a fun place to be yeah and when i was working at bronson if we had an off week me and dad would go to citrus and watch the races and some other people from bronson would be there like man you need to get in over here i was like i'd love to if i ever had the opportunity and you know lo and behold it presented itself and i i can't be more thankful for you know cameron and all those guys there for giving me the opportunity and you know still allow me to do that on the weekends it's definitely a fun thing to have to to look forward to and, and to be a part of because your, your story is very similar to mine you're just kind of like hey here's a here's an opportunity i can't i don't know if i'll get it but i can't let myself not try and, and it's it's given opportunities for for both of us really because i do the do the quarter midgets now i help out at auburndale when i can i've been over to volusia to announce a few times and um it kind of it, it just kind of puts you in this this whole world that if you weren't involved in it you wouldn't really know even existed because uh, us announcers we're just kind of a voice that kind of floats in the ether unless you really pay attention but if really just like you and, and me has opened up a ton of opportunities to to keep us in this sport because of it's a very turbulent sport. You never know from day to day what's going to what's gonna happen, where it's going to go. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've had all these great opportunities because, um, in my opinion, 
I feel like you've come a long way since your days at Bronson. And I, I mean that with all due respect, because I listened to myself when I first started at New Smyrna. I'm like, oh, my God, how did I ever make it? Yeah, I look back uh, at videos that the, the Bronson Facebook page still has up of when I was 17 and Patrick Thomas and Sean Bass were there and, you know, I was interviewing them and I was like, look at this kid, you know, (laughs) this this guy's terrible. (laughs) But, you know, to see where I'm at now, I I never really thought I would be where I am. You know, I was 16 and just figured it was a fun thing I could do on the weekends. I felt like I had an upper hand because I was around the track, but I really wasn't expecting, hey, that's something I can make a career out of. But, you know, um, God opened the door and here we are. Yeah, and you you started really, really young. I thought I thought I was young when I got started in my late 20s. And, and just like you, I was like, well, I don't know anybody in racing, but I've been going to the track. I know the local guys. And I'm like, um, I, I used to play with my, my cars in the dirt under the tree and announce the races. So I'm like, I've never really done this before, but I know what I'm talking about. I can call it like I see it. And I remember being so scared my first day. And now I go in there and it's just like, you know, it, all the things I used to worry about, I just don't. When I say something stupid or trip over my words, I just make fun of myself. I laugh at it. I mean, me and you, we kind of had our our word of the day that we had to get in there. Now we just, I think we go into it with a different attitude. We just go to have fun and, and just enjoy being there. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like when I started, it was really, it was new. So it was nerve wracking, but oh yeah, I've gotten a, a lot more comfortable and it's, you know, I have a lot more fun when I'm comfortable. It oh, seems yeah. like. Well, when, when things are going perfect and, and the night is just flowing, that's when it's the most fun. It's, it's the, the stressful moments that I think a lot of people don't know about, and that's a lot of what I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Like, yeah, it's not just go up there, turn everything on, and, and, and talk. There's so much going on. You're trying to communicate with the scores. You're getting in fights with the scores because something's out of place, and you're trying to make it right, and and you get, you got to worry about sponsors, and you got to worry about 50-50 and people coming in and coming out, and it's, it's, it's a lot going on. And, uh, but I'm telling you, like, like you said, when, when it's going perfect and you're just up there having a good time, that's, that's when it's at its best. Yeah. And, you know, being someone, obviously we, we've been on both sides of it because we were fans before, you know, we were where we are at now. I, I get, you know, where the fans come from with, you know, being impatient and stuff. Because oh, yeah. when I'm, when I'm at a track that I'm not working at still from time to time, even with the understanding I have now from what goes on behind the scenes, I I'm like, come on, let's get on with the show. But I, I, you know, it's, there's a lot that goes on that the, you know, the fans don't get to see that it's really eye opening. Oh yeah. It gives you a whole different perspective. Well, I, I think you saw me a couple times that night. I turned my mic off and just like, what are we doing here? It, I mean, because at the end of the day, uh, take the microphone away from me. I'm still a race fan. So right. uh, it just, when, when something's going weird, I, want it to be perfect because that race fan in me i feel it in every person that's paid good money to be in the stands um but again it's just it's all part of the experience and just saturday got off to such a crazy start i I felt bad at one point i was just kind of you you were talking and i was just staring out the window and i'm like man what this night was supposed to go so much different than it has and then i'm like oh wait I'm, i'm still in a show here and i had to snap myself back into it um, I felt kind of bad. I'm like, man, Austin probably thinks I just, I'm losing my mind here, but it was, uh, it was a wild night, but it's glad to have you up there. Like I said, you helped me out a ton. Um, definitely, uh, 
definitely made the night easier with, with everything going on. Um, and it's uh, nice to learn your story here a little bit. And uh, did want to ask you, what uh, what big events do you have coming up at the Citrus Speedway here in the uh, the last couple months of the year? All right, so this Saturday we have our 150-lap grocery getter enduro. It's 10000 to win. We're starting 100 cars. So 100 cars on a quarter-mile track should be interesting. Uh, um, to say the least. Yeah, we got the 40-lap Ford race. The Ford Outlaws are running that weekend as well, or this weekend. And we got school buses and demo derby. Um, next week we got Modifieds. October 16th will be after that. We're supposed to have twin fifties for the super late models, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully you um, all have I'm tires optimistic about it, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> a tire deal, man. It's, it's, I've yeah. talked a lot about tires on this episode too. And I know you guys have been through some things. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things work out in your favor there. Yeah, I'm hoping so. You know, we were supposed to have that race in July, I think for the twin fifties. And it just, couldn't get tires so uh hopefully we'll have them if not then you know i guess we'll just have to look ahead at the full throttle which was already that was also supposed to happen but it's first week in november uh luckily the you know the eight inch slicks are coming in pretty good so we have the fall brawl 200 sports 200 lap sports and races october 23rd so that's what we got going on for october you got some good things coming up. Let me ask you, because I'm a big fan of those crash Arama. Well, I know it's not crash Arama, but the the enduro school bus type events. And, and I know right. so, some of the racing purists, they they hate that stuff. And um, I, I get some flack on, on promoting uh, some of our enduro type events. People are like, well, why do you put so much effort into that? Are you a big fan of those type events? Or are you, are you just a fan of whatever's racing that weekend? Uh, it's had to grow on me the you know like the carnage stuff uh-huh. the first time we did it i didn't even go to it i was like i i don't want to go to this this is stupid and i wasn't <laughs> working every weekend then so i could just kind of show up when i wanted to i was like i'm not going to that and uh the next time was on a night tony wasn't going to be there so i had to be there and i guess that was really when i started to be like you know this is actually pretty cool because it kind of gives you an opportunity to kind of cut up you know even you know i try to be fun and laid back even on a regular night but i feel like it gives you more of an opportunity to do that because it's kind of just the whole the whole night's kind of silly right it's not quite as serious take it seriously but you know it's it's not it's not like destroy stuff right there's a difference between a hundred lap enduro and a hundred lap super late model race there's a whole different vibe in a whole different crowd and you can you're right you can have more fun and poke more jokes and you know you, you probably don't know every single enduro driver and you can just you can call somebody by what their car looks like versus having to know everything about them their history their sponsors or this and that you can just you can relax a little bit and still enjoy um what you want and really the thing i like about those events and, and the reason i i will spend a little bit extra promoting them is you can't get somebody to build a sportsman car in two weeks to come out for your sportsman 50, but you right. could get your neighbor to build an enduro car in three days and come out and be a part of it. And then who knows, maybe two years down the road, they'll be in your sportsman 50 because they'll get the bug. Um, you know, you can, you can get these people 
who would never dream of being in a race car in a race car. And then you have a racer for life. That happened with our, our first armadillo. Some of the bomber drivers now, they came from that event and wouldn't have gotten back into it if it wasn't for that. So there is, there is so much more that goes into that event versus just come wreck your stuff. It's no, come catch the bug and come race with us every week. Right. And we've seen some of that with the Enduro. I know, uh, Chris Rommel, uh, he's been doing it a while though. Yeah. He's not, you know, really a newcomer, but, uh, he just got a Ford outlaw, you know, one of our crown Vicks and we had a big 75 lap race thousand to win. And, you know, we have these guys that race every week that we're talking about like, Oh, you know, they're the front runners. Chris Rommel comes out first race. there, just absolutely wax the field, you know? So it's pretty cool to see guys come up from the enduro or the demo stuff and you can get into a you know a real race car yeah i mean that that just proves these these kind of the 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 crash events they they have a purpose and it's beyond just filling a grandstand in entertainment for the night you you can really you could get the next superstar out of there i remember going to enduros up in vermont and now some of the top late model drivers up in that region i'm like oh yeah i remember when he won the enduro that year so um, there, there's, there's a lot to it. And I, I have fun with those type of events. I do enjoy them. Um, definitely, like I said, a whole different vibe between that and your, your sportsman, big events, your late model, big events. And, um, if, uh, it looks like the weather's going to be good this weekend, but, uh, if, uh, I'm telling you, if, if we weren't racing this weekend, I'd be up to watch that. Cause the, the Ford outlaw 40 is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, absolutely. That class in itself, it's, yeah, it's really become the fan favorite, it seems like. Uh, we just started it last year was our first full year. We kind of ran three or four races at the end of 2019, and uh, we were getting like, you know, eight to ten cars. And last week it was growing. You know, we got up to like 20 to 25. Well, season opener this year we had 38, I think. Wow. For a 25-lap feature. That's you know? huge. And it was, it was getting to the point where we were – you know, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll start them all. And that was a bad idea, but you live and you learn. And it got to the point where like, okay, we're starting 26. No, you know, no more than that. If, you know, and we'd run the B mains and whoever made it, made it, whoever didn't, we'd run a little concy for them. Yep. And it's been working that way. That, I mean, that that's incredible. And then I, I don't know if you get the same flack that I do, but I'm sure if you talk good about that and people are like, well, if you cared more about the other divisions too, it's like I do, but look what the the Fords brought us thirty some odd cars, and Class X brought us ten. It's there's a difference. Yeah, I, I don't know if you deal with that kind of stuff, but I understand that too because, like, when I was at Bronson, um, you know, we'd run Sportsmans and Street Stocks, modified sometimes, but we didn't really pull a lot of cars. Our big class was the the, the four-cylinder class, you know, the front-wheel drive four-cylinder class. We were getting upwards of 20 to 25 of them. And even myself, obviously, I wouldn't say it over the intercom, but I'd think to myself, like, man, I want to see race cars. I don't want to see, what you know, street cars with the windows busted out of them. But, uh, you know, now it's being somewhere else where we get the mixture. It's, it, it's great to see, you know, the Ford class come along where it's just like you know you put it really in the hands of the driver because all the cars are not i you know they're not all going to be exactly the same but it's about as close as you can get yeah so it's really interesting to watch well it's just looking at the the grand scheme of things you want every class to be huge and you want you want 50 late models you want 50 sportsmen you know you want everything to be adequate but you know 
just as, as somebody who's grown up in racing, I can appreciate a, a four-cylinder. I can appreciate a sportsman, a street stock, a late model, um, because I know, as, especially now working the industry, I know that those guys, most of them, are working just as hard on their cars as the late models are. They just, they're just not a fancy, you know, $100,000 race car versus a couple grand. Um, but I, I still think the, you know, you got to give them their, their due as well because them working on, on their car in their garage, well, they're, they're taking away time from their family is just the same as, as somebody who's got a late model. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of those guys, not saying that the, you know, late models and sportsman guys don't, but a lot of your four-cylinder and your four guys work typical, you know, eight-to-five jobs. Yeah. They get off work, maybe, you know, even working on the weekends, they get off work, load up, and go straight to the racetrack. So it's, you know, they really don't have a lot of time to do what they do, but they, you know, they love it, and they make sure that they're they're there on Saturday doing what they love. And that that right there is what it's all about. That's why I do what I do. And I'm sure that's why you do what you do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad to have you on the show. It's ended up being a, a really, really good conversation here about, uh, you know, two different people that, that do the same thing essentially. And, uh, it, it's great. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking about Florida announcers earlier. It's great that in the state of Florida, if there's one thing that uh, everybody's doing right, we all have pretty darn good announcers. Yeah, absolutely. I would, you know, I'd, I'd put up our announcers, our announcers up against anyone, any other state in the country. We really, we really got it made down here. Um, and to be able to, you know, I've been able to work with several announcers all over the state. You know, yourself, uh, I work with Tony Modica every weekend, uh, Jake Wilson, Joe Kelly up at Alltech, and really, it's been being able to work with alongside somebody versus by yourself on, you know, on a typical weekend. It's it's a good experience it, it is and it's there are some announcers that you can't work with or that don't want to work with other people and it's nice when two people can work together because i i don't get it but I, some announcers they they have this ego where it's got to be all about them i've never been that way i'm just i'm there to to help the show go not to be the show right and fortunately for myself uh i haven't run into that issue with anyone you know everyone that i've worked with has been you know completely willing to work alongside me we've we've had a great time with everybody well that's I, again that's what i'm talking about that that's what made saturday night better than it could have been is having somebody else to work with and i mean if i could do it every week i, I would with with somebody that knew what they were doing like yourself or, or jake or uh, ben dodge something like that but um you know hopefully if uh, we get another chance this year, I'd love to have you back down, maybe for a normal night. Yeah, um, you know, whenever if my if my schedule is open, I'm not real sure if we have another open week for the rest of the season. But you know, if the opportunity presents itself, I'd be more than happy to come back. Well, I'm sure if not this year, there will be an uh, opportunity down the road. So of course we'll we'll be in touch. We'll make that happen another time. But. Um, thank you again for Saturday night coming down and uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, come on the show. Always. Thanks for having me at the track and on here. So hope you, hope you have a good, good afternoon and talk to you later. Yes, sir. Enjoy the races this weekend. All right. You too. All right, man. Take it easy.